0: Hi, class. Um, Welcome back. Uh, End of this class, we'll talk about the assignment, which is due next week. It's a first group assignment, so we will talk about it end of the class. So let's start with this chapter of this week. Yeah. This chapter is very interesting chapter and it talks about the fiscal policies which is chapter 7. It's the tools that usually the government utilize for improving the business, for improving the life standards and um, you know this is one of the main tools that the government will use. So we will talk about it in this chapter. So. Uh, In this chapter, we're gonna learn that this we're gonna enable be to describe why the federal government's budget depends on the three factors: the rate of taxation, the size of the GDP, and its own spending level. We're also gonna explain the pros and the cons of the budget policy aimed at the achieving full employment equilibrium. And we will explain the pros and cons of a budget policy aimed at achieving a balanced budget in each fiscal year. We're also gonna talk about the pros and cons of a budget policy aimed at achieving both full employment and a balanced budget over the life of the business. And also discuss the cause, the size, the problem of a national debt. When is the debt is bad when is the debt is okay now what's a fiscal policy fiscal policy which is about a government approach towards its own spending and taxation how much the government is going to spend and how much going to be taxing the people um, the minister of finance bring down annual budget in parliament each uh, spring It contains estimates of the government revenue and expenditure, and usually is a major announcement when they talk about their uh, budget. And usually the financial manager, I mean the financial minister, uh, the minister of finance, sorry, the minister of finance get a new shoes, he wears the new shoes in the parliament and announces fiscal policy. Now let's talk about uh, federal government budget fiscal year ending in march two, 2016 as example if you notice here we have just like any accounting you know balance sheet revenue minus expenses and here where we have you have a as a revenue for the government is the personal income tax the corporate and other income taxes uh, the ei premiums that they got the GST the taxes uh, from goods and service taxes exercise and uh, energy tax and there is a non-tax revenue if they are investing in uh, you know in some uh, corporations or they have corporate ministry uh, or, you know, operations or they are investing abroad This is non-tax revenue comes in, or they have oil in some countries. They can consider non-tax revenues. Now, the expenses that they have is kind of the transfer to person, paying back to persons, uh, and spending the grant to the other level of government. So if you have a federal government, how much giving each province uh, amount of money, and uh, the public debt charges, So what's the charges is for the paying back the debt and interest rate and the direct program spending, how much data spending into teaching infrastructure, health, all these things is add up together. And the total expenses minus the total revenue, here in this case, we have a deficit of $5.4 billion that year. Now, the fiscal policy, uh, there is a net tax revenue, which is the total tax revenue received by the government, less the transfer payment. So NTR is a tax revenue, whatever it is generating, and less the payment transfer. Uh, transferred. See it as a, a, a person. Uh, NTR or net tax revenue is a salary that you get, and uh, it's... it's, it's I mean, the tax revenue is like a salary that you get and the expenses like rent and food and all these things that the transfer payments is similar to that. So the net tax revenue is usually in your case, what you make less than what you spend. Here is what you what the government generate from tax revenue less than uh, transfer of the payment. Now we have the what we call uh, budget balance the which is is the difference between the next tax revenue uh, and the government spending now sometimes we have a budget surplus and sometimes we have a budget deficit what's a budget surplus it's when the net tax revenue is in excess of the government spending. So when they are generating more income and they spending less on a goods and service, in the deficit is the reverse thing. So if you are, if the government spending on goods and services in excess more than what they are uh, collecting uh, as a net tax revenue. And if you notice here, by year by year, things things is changing. So it's this is where it is really in a balance. It's a zeros, and in 2015 they had surplus, which is $2 dollars, uh, and you know it it has to be balanced accordingly. Now the Canada net national debt. It, if you notice, is that is what the government is owning, so it is increasing since 1980, but is was decreasing until 210 and increasing again. But that doesn't mean uh, something negative or positive, they might be they are investing in a certain thing which is will generate for the future income. Now, here, what you see the net tax revenue is, let's say, is a, a standard thing. So, um, if the government spending is less, then at at Y3, at you know, there is a surplus, and is a real GDP at Y2, the GDP, it's a real GDP of Y2, the net tax revenue is, is a balance with the spending. So, here where you are balancing, but here you got the, uh, a surplus because you are collecting more money, and, and you're spending less, and so it's the same. the 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 budget line. If the budget's higher than the, what the government spending is, also you're going to have surplus because end of the year there is a budget that is not been spent, so you're going to have a surplus also. But overall, overall. The, the at Y2 is the balance where the net tax revenue and government spending is at this case is really in a balance. So, if just in case the net tax revenue is less, then you're running a deficit. So, the government trying to be in the real uh, balance, real GDP is when you're when the government income. And government spending, it's similar. Some years it's more, some years it's less. It's just they're playing this, they're trying to balance uh, things. And also, they're trying to invest in the future. Just like you, when you go and buy a car and you are spending more uh, because you believe in two years, this car will pay off, uh, you know, it's expense because you're going to utilize it at your work or something like that. Now, in the fiscal policy, very good other example. Today, you are spending on your education because next uh, three, three, four years down the road, you're going to generate income from degree and education that you get. So today, you are spending more than you are generating. And down the road, you are generating more than you are spending. The fiscal policy, the government budget is affected by the level of the gdp and we saw it whether it's shifted it's it's the balance real gdp or and also is affected by a change in the tax rate what's the percentage of taxes that they're charging in the rates and a change in the amount of government spending how much is government spending now an increase in the government spending shift the 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 uh, the you know the bound, the G line up because they are spending more, and then when they are spending more, uh shift will be l- lowering the real budget. The budget there is would be a bu- budget deficit because when you are spending more, there is uh, you are um, spending more than what you are generating. So your budget becomes more deficit more deeper than that now for your understanding let's suppose that the government spending is 50 dollars doesn't matter wherever it's happening and your tax revenue as follow which is in in case of uh, 20 dollars uh, 30 dollars but the government spending is 50 dollars so the balance uh, balance when you are uh, your tax revenue is 20 net tax revenue 20 and the 30 dollars that you need to to borrow in order to become 50 which is this is the amount and here is where you also but it's you you have 30 dollars as a government and you need to borrow 20. So this is the situation where it's happening and you can see it here at the real GDP, there is a certain balance where your net tax revenue is 50, which is here at 120 real GDP and you're not spending, your budget balance is zero. So Kinney's theories and model is developed a model and respond to the depression. We we all know now uh, they have they de- developed that because of the depression. And based on that is aggregate expenditure, which as we spoke about it last week, it is aggregate expenditure consumption plus in- income, plus uh, government spending plus export. And we believe, believe that the depression was caused by decreased aggregate expenditures. So, the the, the more the, the decrease happening, the less income is generated and less is getting more de- 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 uh, reduced. Now, uh, it's argued for the increased government expenditures here where they say, well, let's spend more and the government can spend more so they can increase the aggregate um expenditures because a positive uh, jump in this will be positive in, in this and it will cause the company and uh, the country goes out of the uh you know recession or uh, depressions now increases spending financial so it can be uh, mostly from borrowing which is will have some side effect on it which will at the end of this chapter we'll talk about why sometimes is not a good that the government should borrow money. But overall, the counter-cyclical fiscal policy, so you have inflationaries and you have recession. And during the uh, um, recession, the government should do something uh, to counter, the uh, to stop this recession. So dealing with a recessionary gap, uh, government will be spending, another way also can lower the tax which because by lowering the tax people will have more money so they can spend more so dealing with a recession gap raise the government spending or lowering the taxes total spending increase the aggregate demand we we, we know from early chapters that the aggregate demand will be you know if there is more income it will be shifting outside and if the government spend more there's more income comes into the hands of the consumers so that the aggregate demand will be shifting out, out and the recession the recession will be eliminated now the other case so oh, in summary when a recessionary gap uh, government should spend more and tax in a way that increase the aggregate demand. So spend and tax in a way increase the aggregate demand. When there is an inflationary gap, um, the government should spend and tax in a way that reduce the aggregate demand. So the goal is increase and reduce the aggregate demand. How are we going to do it when it's a recessionary you need to spend and tax in a way that aggregate demand is increases. So, how I'm gonna increase the aggregate demand is by if I'm government, I'm spending more, people will have more money, and people will be spending more, so aggregate demand will increase. If I'm taxing less, it's the same thing the government, the people will have more money because. It's less money is taken away from their pocket, and there is more money in their pocket, so there is a shift also in the aggregate demand. And in the inflationary ga- uh, gap, you need to reverse the situation. So let's test our, fee- our our understanding. Let's say in the following case, indicate you need to indicate the direction in which the aggregate demand will shift right or left see, the, the aggregate demand will shift right, this way or left. Uh, this is right and this is left. So if we tax more, it means there is a shift to the left because there is less money in the, the pocket of the people. So the uh, aggregate demand will come less. If the government spending on a good and service decrease, once again, there is less uh, money in the pocket of the people because if they're not spending, the people are now working and they're not making money, so there is a shift to the left also. The counter cycle of fiscal policy is used to close the recessionary gap. When it's in a recessionary, we showed you that they need to shift the aggregate demand to the to the right, and if there is a uh, uh, inflationary, it needs to be shift to the left. But look back two slides earlier to understand if you don't understand the CU and D well. Now, the counter-cycle fiscal policy, there is a shortcoming. We said that not always is a perfect policies. is the timing also is important. Um, the shortcoming, it's a subject to a serious time lags. And there is what you call the crowding effect. When the crowding, when the government is borrowing, uh, you know how the government gonna in, uh, in spend more is when they start borrowing money. And if they're borrowing money, um, we'll talk about in the monetary policy case, when they're borrowing money, means that there is less money in the market, so the interest rate will go high, and when the interest rate go high, the business people cannot borrow money to invest in their business. So the interest rate goes high, so the spending will be less. And also it's going to be, which is it's going to be very hard for the private investor to take loan in order to invest in their businesses and hire more people. It also, uh, when it has and inflationary buys. Because when the government spending, there is more money in the pocket of the people and people will buy more. And there is, people are willing to pay more for the same good. And it, it can cause a serious budget deficit. What is, when it's gonna be happening is like when you happening when you see in the Greece is when the deficit and the payment of the deficit, it's so high that even whenever you generate income, you cannot, the government cannot fee, cannot suspend the services that they're providing and paying the deficit in the same time. This is where you can have a very serious uh, budget deficit. So, what effect will a counter-cycle fiscal policy aim at closing an inflationary gap Uh, have on the level of national income and prices. Aggregate demand decrease causing the prices and national income fall. So when we say the national income is the real income, which is nominal income divided by the price. So aggregate demand increase, that will increase the prices and eventually the national income will fall. So the goal of of the government is really balance the fiscal policies. But more important, on every cycle, they need to uh, adjust according to their uh, uh, policies. So the recessionary cap, eventually the wages will be forced down, uh, aggregate supplies, increases return economy of of the balance one and also decrease the price what does that mean here what's happening so if you are spending more there is an increase in the aggregate supplies and when there is an increase in the aggregate supplies you you will have um you know uh, more products in the market when the products is more in the market you will see that the um, probably um, the aggregate demand it goes down. So a shift from here will lower the first of all the the wages and also will have a shift in the price level because the level price level will be going down, and then we will have a recessionary uh, you know a, a a gap here. So. The balance is really to have the potential GDP and aggregate supply and aggregate demand in the same they hitting each other on the same point. Otherwise you will have uh, if it's inside, then you will have kind of a recession, and if it's outside, uh, it you will have a, 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 an inflationary. Now, balanced budget, fiscal policy, the shortcoming in the recession, the government spending is cut back because they have less income, and there is increasing unemployment even more. So, you're in a recession, government is not collecting enough taxes, the government needs to cut back on spending or borrowing, so they will cut back on spending, and that. Eventually, will increase the unemployment even more. In a boom side, when the business is booming, when the cycle is booming, governments increase uh, spending so because they're collecting more taxes, more revenue. Increasing increasing spending will people have more money and willing to pay more for the same product. So that will generate an inflation and your real income. It goes adjusted back. So in this uh, pro-cyclical, pro-cyc- uh, um, the the tends to push the economy in the same direction that is uh, leaning in, increasing unemployment and inflationary severity. So overall, the 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 fiscal policy and the balanced budget is tools that is utilized in a short term you cannot use it for a long term because that will fact affect the real uh, you know the real income of the people because of the inflation because of the increasing interest rate all these side effect of it now the balanced budget over the length of business cycle as we said uh, instead of one year run a deficit or reduce unemployment during the recessionary gap Uh, run a surplus or reduce the inflation during inflationary gap. So you want to make sure that you fix your your balance budget within a year and you don't need to run too much deficit uh, in order to reduce the unemployment uh, during the recessionary gap because it might affect you. So you need to balance that one And once the inflation is happening, you need to to reduce your spending so the inflation will be lower. So what we have is cyclical versus structural. The the structure deficit or a surplus is a deficit or a surplus that exists at full time, full employment GDPs so that's the structural one the cyclical deficit or surplus is a result from a recession for example or inflationary boom because it's cyclical it goes up and down structural is kind of thing so a cyclical deficit is a result of actual deficit minus structural deficit now In the balance budget, cyclical balance budget, the shortcoming, there is no guarantee that the size and the length of the recessionary gap will will exactly offset the size and length of inflationary gap. So there is, you know there is some money when you government spending we, in the early we said some of it go to the savings and some of it will go to sep- spending and what's sep- spending some goes to saving and spend this amount is nothing guarantee that that the size of and the length of a recessionary gap will exactly offset the size and length of of inflationary gap so it doesn't mean exactly the wave is up and down might go up and for a long time and then go down a little bit and goes up again um i think uh, there is one countries who is uh, you know uh, they haven't pract- they haven't been in a recession for the for last 10 years so that might be a very interesting place and um, so increasing government spending in bad time is politically easy because um, government wants to be elected. So in a bad time, they try to spend more, but that eventually in the long run will hurt the country. Decreasing government spending in a good time is politically hard. So if you are doing really well as a government and in a good time, and you decide not to spend to save for the future, that's really politically hard for them. So cyclical cyclical deficit turn into a structural deficit business cycles rarely match the political cycle so the government blame earlier government for the deficit you know uh, always uh, you know business cycle comes after the 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 government cycle and they don't match each other. So always the government says, oh, we are running this deficit because the earlier did not spend enough and the earlier we did. It is a political game that they use it. You, I suggest that once in a while, uh, you keep listening to these news in the you know, in, in Canadian news, especially in the parliament. Very important to understand how these things works out. Now, fiscal policy and the national debt. Government, how the government generate their income. We said that they can generate from collecting taxes. The other way they can generate is by borrowing and how they borrow by issuing a government bonds, issuing a bond in a way for raising money. So they collect money by issuing the, the government bond. This debt, is held by individual. So individual comes in and buy government bond, corporation by the government bond and a financial institution. Actually bond as usual, interest payment redistribute wealth from the taxpayer to the wealthy bonders. So when the government collect taxes, this is take it from everybody. But when they borrow the uh, money and give away bond, well, when they give bond, there is an interest rate they have to pay for it. How this government will pay for, for this interest rate is getting money from the people and paying it off. Uh, and if they're not investing it in the right way, just say they just, uh, you know, doing it in a, you know borrowing money and eventually they have to buy pay for that and pay the interest so they taken from the people and giving it to the wealthy uh, bondholders <clears throat> here you just need to look at the canada net uh, national debit debt and it keep increasing but we said in earlier it's not always it's a bad thing sometimes it's a good thing because you are investing in the futures So that's an important thing. Now, in the fiscal policy and the national debt, if you notice here, debt as a percentage of GDP above is a better measure of whether uh, the government can afford it. So you need to look at this, start to look and analyze it. If you notice in 1995, uh, Canada, since 1995, Canada fell into the lowest of the G8 countries uh, as you know their debts. Uh, so they, they, they have a very strong situation. But if in 1946, if you notice there's 113%, which is a very high amount to do it. So <clears throat> we in, in, if you look at the Greece in early years, in Mexico, some countries in Caribbean, they had where they had their interest that they were paying is, is reached to the uh, the government income, and that caused a big problem. So the problem with the high deficit or debt is the interest payment that must be paid on the foreigner held debt. How much they have to pay for it. Income redistribution effect of large interest payment. So if I'm if let me give it to you, and it's very simple. Let's say I'm making a thousand dollars and I have to pay an interest of seven hundred dollars. What's remaining is only three hundred dollars. So the more the interest that I'm paying, the more I'm into you know debt. So the government don't want to be borrowing so much. And paying interest on it. So, the reduced ability of the government to meet the need because they know if they have so much debt and they're paying so much interest, so they don't have enough money to meet the government, uh, the people, the citizen need. And possible increased power grabbing and wasteful of government. So, here in this chapter, what we learned, we learned that um, and things that you need to remember is the federal government budget depends on the rate of taxation, the size of the GDP and its spending. The, there is a pros and cons in the fiscal policy or counter cycle. There is a pros and cons in, bal, in balanced budget uh, policies. There's a pros and cons of the cyclical uh, budget, balance budget. And there is also the cause, the size, the problem of national debt we spoke about it in the last slide now so the situation i'm going to attach your assignment and it's a group assignment it means you know you have to do it together and you divide the work and then you send me one assignment as a group you have your uh, you know first of all you need to cc everybody in the email And also, you need to put all the students' number and name in one assignment. So one person will be sending on behalf of the whole team. I wish you good luck. It's due next week. And bye-bye.